Welcome to Hello Universe, a podcast about spirituality in our everyday lives. We're your co-hosts, Kylie and Eva. Welcome back to Hello Universe. Hello, 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 lovers. It's Eva here. How are you, Eva? This is Kylie. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we're so happy to have you back. Um, How am I? Uh, I kind of mentioned to you earlier, I'm feeling a little bit sad, like going through different emotions of sadness and also contentedness. And I just think it's going to be, if I were to take a guess, I'll probably be continuing to like go through different emotions as we continue on. I don't know what week of quarantine this is. (laughs) I know. Time. We're getting a real experience in how time is a construct. (laughs) Totally. Yeah. But I just put Uh, a frozen pizza in the oven. Actually, you might hear it beep. I forgot that we were recording, but I'm like so excited about this frozen pizza because, um, it's going to hit all the right places. <laughs> Frozen pizza is one of my most favorite drug foods. Yes. I love it it's so, so much. So good. So good. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What about you, Kylie? How are you? Um, yeah, that was me yesterday. Uh, the grief like really hit me and I just like, I had been, I had been really intent on feeling okay so that I was like kind of burying the grief. And then finally what, what's, what shifted for me is that I was messaging with one of my I hear your pizza. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm my best friends in the whole world, and uh, it just hit hit me how much I miss her. And uh, I feel much better today. So mm-hmm. you know, it's just mm-hmm. a roller coaster ride. So yeah. holding you, sending you love. Oh, thanks, girl. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you a question because the other day I found this post on Instagram, which I'm going to read right now because I love so much, and I think you had some. I was curious. You, I know you have some interesting things to say about it. So um, the, <laughs> the Instagram post was, presidents are the past, witches are the future. <laughs> yes. And I wrote back to Eva and was basically like, this is all I want to talk about 24-7 these days. So <laughs> yeah. she asked me to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah. Um, so I could go on about this, I feel like, a great length. But basically, here's what I feel. Uh, I had a moment personally my own politics being bombed that joe biden is the democratic presidential contender mm-hmm. uh and constantly mm-hmm. disappointed that donald trump is donald trump <laughs> uh, and i have been getting this message come through in readings and in readings for myself over and over and over again and i was resisting it because it made me feel uncomfortable and finally i am just owning it mm-hmm. and like in the moment where I owned it, I was actually channeling in our Facebook group. You Mm -hmm. should all join it. Mm -hmm. Um, I was doing like readings for people, not Akashic Records reading, but just like intuitive readings. And this message came through and like all of us were just like crying and had goosebumps. It was like very, um, like a really intense. So uh, it's this, this is a moment where the old people keep talking about like the old paradigm that's kind of falling away or whatever the Mm -hmm. old paradigm is this externalization of authority that external authority is somehow more important or more true or has more power than our inner authority and that our inner authority has to kind of bow before or acquiesce or get permission from the external authority which might come in place of a church or a government or a job or whatever the case or even other people societal norms other people age appropriate expectations yeah 
yes yes the like the knowledge like like logic the idea that logic is more important than intuition right mm-hmm. that you might intuitively know this is the right choice for you but it's not quote-unquote logical so right. you shouldn't make it and it's right. irresponsible to try all of that is fucking bullshit it's mm-hmm. always been bullshit and that this moment the most fucking important thing that you can do is to step fully into your power mm-hmm. because if every single one of us were to step fully into our power and insist on our full on our self-worth and know in our bodies that we are worthy mm-hmm. would have fucking medicare for all right like it yeah. like like i mean that's, that's just kind of a like in, like a flip thing to say like or an example but like literally the single biggest thing that we can do that will change everything and i truly believe that everything is changing right now mm-hmm. is to realize how fucking powerful we are i'm sorry i'm swearing mm-hmm. so much no of course <laughs> it's it's warranted like, how like deeply 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 like more powerful than any of us even like can begin to understand yeah and that all of the messages about being small is just bullshit conditioning and it doesn't have to be that way anymore and if we let it go if we lean into this moment to like really honor and love ourselves and step into our power which might mean investing in healers which might mean getting an awesome therapist which might mean taking medication which might mean quitting your fucking job like it might mean all of those things Mm -hmm we will be able to remake the world in a place of love and power and love as power. And then it doesn't matter what shitty old white dude is our president. Yeah. Then we don't have to rely on these fucked up systems essentially. Yeah. Okay. And and they'll, yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Lots of, lots of thoughts and (laughs) questions about this though, because I agree. I, I was actually just having this conversation with Adam, which is that like, I think it needs to change. We've talked about this, haven't we, me and you? Like, change needs to happen on an individual level because we already know that we can't trust the government and we can't wait around for them to do it. And this isn't even like a, like, it's almost silly at this point for anybody to be like, oh, let me just wait around for someone, so for people in power to make change. Like, that's just, it doesn't make any sense. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. Yeah. And, and so, yeah, well, and we've been, sorry, I'll stop. Go ahead. Well, so, well, I guess my, my thing though is, I guess it's promoting this message of like, it starts, everyone has the power. It's not like, oh, you, you have to do something. And if you don't, there's something wrong with you. It's just more that like, we have power. We're not, we don't have to be victims to the situation and whatever that looks like for you. What is like, I think that's also part of the homework is like figuring out what that means for you. What kind of little change can you make? Cause I do mm-hmm. think also it doesn't have to be big grandiose stuff necessarily. Just like, nothing big was ever isn't made up of like little things all big things are really just made up of little things too so right i guess and yeah go ahead and if this is making you feel angry because you're like no i don't have power because i don't have a job i don't have health insurance and there's Mm -hmm. a pandemic going on like Mm -hmm. i don't want this to sound flip or irresponsible Mm -hmm. or cruel Mm -hmm. but the idea behind it is like I don't even know how to fully put this into words, but it's just a message that co- is coming like fast and furious over and over and over again, which is like, and it always has come to me, but it is coming especially lately. Like we, we don't even understand, we can't even begin to understand how powerful we are. Yeah. And yeah. all of the conditioning that is telling us that we are small and powerless, if we can let 
it, as we let go of it, as the little bits of it, even if it's a pebble falls away, each pebble that falls away, we will wake up and realize like we can, we can remake the world. And the way that we will think about remake, even the tools that we will use to remake the world are different than the ones that we think that we have right now, which is not to say don't vote, which is mm-hmm. not to say don't call your senators, right? right? right. But like, do well, that but, and also. <laughs> yeah, well, what happens is when you realize that you have power, then you find more, um, you feel more empowered to do those things. Whereas I think mm. sometimes people are like, I'm, you know, like they feel like it's pointless or um, they feel jaded and they don't call their senators because it's like another, it's overwhelming. Like some of yeah. it, sometimes it can be overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it's, it's stepping into your power can, um, I think complement you taking action from a place and of giving you energy. Yeah. And when you step, when you are standing fully in your power, the inspired action, the next step is so abundantly clear for you. Mm. So when you're in a place of feeling small and overwhelmed, it can be really hard to know intuitively in your body what the next right step is. Mm. But when you're standing strong in your own self-worth, it's very clear which steps totally to yeah. take. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But this is the question that I do have though. Like what you gave some examples earlier but I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I still, if I understand clearly yet, like, what do you mean by stepping into your own power? What is that? Yeah. Okay. That's a really, really good question. Yeah. So that sounds very vague. vague. Yeah. It's all like metaphysical and inner work. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, great. So it's like, it's this idea that like, like I can visualize it but I'm having a hard time finding the words but basically like you have absorbed all of this conditioning that tells Mm -hmm. you you are unworthy you know perhaps because of trauma either on an individual or collective level or Mm -hmm. both Mm -hmm. Um, perhaps because like your parents were alcoholics or Mm -hmm. you know like your dad was a workaholic like whatever the thing is right Mm -hmm. we all have these things perhaps uh, you know and each one of those reigns you in and makes you small. And the thing that has come so clearly to me in the records is that love is power mm-hmm. and not like, yay, Hallmark, like love is this nice warm feeling. Like it's no, very like, powerful. It is like, it is like the power of creation and change is creation. And that is like the energy of love. Mm -hmm. And so like, like letting go of the crap that no longer serves you Mm -hmm. is actually the best possible way to step into your power. So like earlier today, I had a session with a woman who's a somatic experiencing like practitioner Mm -hmm. and like, which is about like finding like making basically making your nervous system feel safe so that Mm -hmm. and like releasing trauma Mm -hmm. that's a way of stepping into your power Mm -hmm. right like like you mean doing like one example like that example is like doing something that can empower you like yeah through healing through it's like a loving thing to do release that's actually okay all of it (laughs) i'm using a lot of words to say release and surrender Mm. and doing that from a place of knowing that like i can let things go i can release i can surrender because 
I am an inf- infinite cosmic being who has infinite power. Yeah. Which I didn't feel yesterday. Yesterday I curled up on my couch and cried. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. And that's, I think, the human experience. It's We go through waves and phases, always. Even before now, we were always going through phases. I think our phases are just a little shorter now, like changing, yeah. but yeah, every, yeah, we're always going through phases. So oh, I love this very much. It's making me think, because I'm like, where, part of the work I think is, becoming conscious of where you're not stepping into your power. So I think that's where I'm, I'm like, where Mm. it's making me ask, which is always the best place to start being curious, being open. Let me ask a Mm -hmm. question. Like, where am I not stepping into my power? So I want to think about this more because there's always something. It doesn't matter how much you work you do. There's always another layer that you can shed Mm -hmm. because our growth is infinite. (laughs) And I would say, I think to get curious about the places where you feel fear Mm. and to get curious about the places where you want to avoid Mm -hmm. and get, yeah, yeah, I think that's your, that's kind of the roadmap. Yeah. Yeah. That's the compass. Oh yeah. So this quote, presidents are the past and witches are the future is particularly relevant and a perfect introduction to our podcast today. Uh, Jesse DeSilva. But actually, before we get into that, why don't we share with the audience um, what we've got going on? Kylie, what are, you, what are you doing these days? So I feel like I've already been up soapboxed my way through our intro, <laughs> so I want you to share first. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, it's the same. It's always the same. I mean, uh, right now I'm doing the four-week meditation one-on-one coaching program, which I am loving, and I think my clients are loving. I think it's really a perfect... Uh, a perfect introduction to working with me and also kind of like the perfect thing for a lot of people right now who are dealing with stress and anxiety, but also who some people, some of my clients aren't even dealing with stress. I think they're just like, oh, well, this is a time for me to sort of like up level my game. Let me like explore my own inner workings, explore my own inner world, explore spirituality, take it to a deeper level because now I have the time and I'm just like at home by myself and I want to experience like my consciousness and all these things. So that's been really, um, meaningful and gratifying. And um, so if you're interested in working with me, you can sign up for a free 45 minute consult on my website. And what else do I want to say about that? Oh yeah. I'm offering a discount. It's a hundred dollars off right now. And um, I think that's it. Yeah. Oh, also I think my Instagram, I've been doing more videos recently and I'm, if I do say so myself, I'm just going to pat myself on the back. I'm like loving the video content that I'm putting out. Cause I think it's like a good way for me to Amazing. get a, a lot of information out really quickly. So, um, I'm not known to be, I'm, I'm known to be long winded, let's just say. <laughs> so video content works well for me because otherwise <laughs> it's hard for me to like write these things down. So, um, you can also, if you're looking for support and not just on meditation, but also just, I think mindset work and personal growth, you can find all that on my Instagram. I love it. Um, okay. So I have a big, ex- I have a big announcement. Ooh, yes. So you can always book an Akashic Records reading with me. They've been like just extra on fire lately. I also, <clears throat> drum roll please. Uh, I have a three month package that you can work <gasps> with me. Oh my God. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> the long form coaching, which I think can be so powerful yeah 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 so um uh it's exactly around this this kind of mission for lack of a better word that just keeps coming to me over and over again and the records in my work with people in their sessions um that like 
this is a time for us to embody our own power. So Weight Works is uh, it's three months. Um, it's a one month of uh, you know one Akashic record reading a month where we'll go into your records, and then um, two more sessions each month where we'll, where we'll um, share. You know, I'll do an intuitive reading and also offer some kind of spiritual tools and guidance. Um, and we'll just work with what comes up and use the guidance that we're getting from the records and kind of from spirit that I channel through and also from, you know, uh, your individual collective was your individual wisdom um, for navigating and transforming and just up leveling and stepping into your power. Um, so if that's interesting to you, uh, hit me up and we'll have a console call and we'll see if it's the right fit for you. Yeah. Oh my God. I love this. I do. Yeah. I love working with coach with clients like long term. Cause I think you really get to establish like a really beautiful relationship. And I think you can get, make like a lot of transformation, I think over a longer period of time. So I think that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'm super, yeah. super, super, super excited about it. I have been thinking about it for a long time and speaking of like stepping into your power. I'm just, it's it. It's out yeah. in the world. So, um, yeah. Work with Kylie. Yeah. Work with Kylie while you can get her folks. I mean, she's just like, <laughs> she's the, the best. Um, yeah. And also, I mean, I should say, this is reminding me that my program, my like one-on-one four week meditation program is really just an introduction to also working with me longer. Cause a lot of my clients, um, who sign up for the four weeks end up doing longer coaching sessions, which is why I can say that whole thing about working, working long-term, I think is kind of like where it's at. And also something that I really love doing. So yeah. yeah. All right. Um, okay. Speaking of amazing coaches. Yes. Jesse De Silva. <laughs> okay. I was re-listening to this podcast, uh, cause I was editing it and it is so much fun. She's just fire. She's just like got so much energy. She is so funny and she was just like a delight to talk to. Yeah. So Jessie is a DC-based intuitive. She's a coach. She's a writer. She is a witch and a cat mom. Um, and she's just so wise and sharp and wonderful. Um, Evie, you want to share some of the uh, offers and projects she has going on right now? Yeah. So just a heads up, guys. So we we recorded this episode at the beginning of March, which is really weird when you think about it. Like the beginning of March, this COVID stuff wasn't really even happening yet like we didn't even talk with her about it because it wasn't a thing and then all of a sudden yeah. anyway it just like yeah. has changed completely yeah. so anyway uh at the time she was talking about you know starting her own podcast and she wasn't really sure when that was happening yet but now we've got a date so her new podcast is coming out on may 1st called millennial mystics which i love the name mm -hmm. and she's also promoting um a one-hour money block reading right now um which i think honestly, is really relevant because I think a lot of people are having a lot of stuff come up for money and scarcity. And so um, you, if that's something that you're struggling with, Jesse can help you out. Yeah. And she's, uh, uh, her, I actually had one of these sessions recently and uh, she blew my mind, was so valuable. Um, I just, um, well, I'll put it this way. I, after working with her, booked like twice as many clients in one week as I have in like many, many weeks before them. So she's good at what she does. Wow. That's amazing. You should, you should one session to get yourself some, especially if you're in a moment of like 
having some financial scarcity in with everything that's going on, mm-hmm. get some clarity. It is really, she's powerful. She's really good at what she does. Yeah. I mean, honestly, sometimes you got to, it's like you invest some so that you can get more back, right? Like you really, yeah. yeah. And yeah. um, yeah. And also she just has a lot of really helpful career advice. That was what's well, another thing that was so interesting about this podcast was like, we talk about being a witch. <laughs> we talk about, I don't, you know, systemic oppression. Yeah, exactly. And then she also ta- gives like really solid practical advice about networking and job hunting and all of this stuff. Cause that's also her jam. So um, I love it when there's a wonderful intersection of spirituality and practicality. Yeah. That's just enjoy. Yeah. Alrighty. You ladies ready? <laughs> Woo-hoo! Welcome to hello universe. Jessie. <laughs> Yay. I'm so glad to be here. Well, as you know, we start every podcast with the same question, which is, uh, what does spirituality mean to you and how does it show up in your life? You know, I've spent all day thinking about that question because Kylie told me about it like last week. And I'm the kind of person who waits till the day of to do things. (laughs) Good company. Um, But I went, you know, when I thought about it, I realized that what spirituality has always been about for me is self-awareness, self-development, self-accountability. It's basically like the framework under which like I improve myself and that I'm constantly evolving. And you know, like, Mm -hmm. I believe it was Kylie, you grew up Catholic. Is that Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So same Z's. Yeah. (laughs) So for a long time, that was enough for me. Like, uh, I was able to like, okay, I have this framework of like do's and don'ts and I have this way of like staying accountable to myself and to other people. And I don't know what, what it really was. I guess it was just the trauma of living (laughs) that I was like, (laughs) I don't understand. Like I'm very unhappy with having to separate my beliefs on humanity and politics and all of these things with a very rigorous and structured form of belief. And it, and so for a long time I was without something and that felt horrible to me, honestly, because for so long, like Sunday church was what was like one of the main structures in my life that purposefully forced me to set aside time to reflect and think about how am I measuring up in who I want to be. And it wasn't really until I'd say like the past year where I started opening up to different forms of spirituality and, and different kind different modes of faith. And what like really resonated with me, you know, I think initially was Lacey Phillips work, the to be magnetic website and everything. Mm, I've never heard of her. Oh my God, girl, you got <laughs> go down the rabbit hole. You're going to get yeah. sucked in. Okay, writing that's, what, that's basically how Kylie and I have like come into contact with each other. We've been in like that same orbit of those groups, oh, but okay. all of it's like, you know, manifestation and it's unblocking subconscious beliefs and really taking a critical eye, not just at yourself and your own mindset, but also like how you interact with the people around you. And it makes you think of things in a different way. And even way before that, I mean, I had always been an astrology nut for at least like the past, like uh, probably like five to 10 years. It, it really started, I picked up Linda Goodman's Sun Signs, which is- Oh my God, I love yeah, Have you Goodman. read it? I was reading okay. her in junior high school. <laughs> oh my God. I was a latecomer because, you know, the Catholic thing. So 
and and I was so torn because I'm such a Pisces. So of course I'm really drawn that to the occult. That was going to be my question. What is yeah. <laughs> um, it was actually just a few days ago. It was uh, February 28th. <gasps> that was my grandmother's birthday. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, birthday twins. Okay. Although my family yeah. always low-key thought that maybe she was born on the leap year, but that, that seemed like witchy and bad luck. Her family's like, eh, we're scooting <laughs> back to the 28th. <laughs> well, I was 1987, so there's no chance of that know. with yeah. me. Yeah. Um, but I'm like a Pisces sun moon. So very, very Pisces. And, you know, I'd always been drawn to tarot cards and astrology and all of this stuff. But, you know, I, I had this, this uh, faith that was like, oh, all of those things are of the devil. So like, I couldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't indulge. It wasn't until like, I felt comfortable basically renouncing Catholicism that I was like, okay, I can now explore these different things and these different aspects to myself. And by that point, I was like, all right, yeah, I can like get behind astrology. I can get behind tarot cards. They're all just like fun and games. And then, you know, it was not just the exploration of manifestation work and seeing people as mirrors and all of this stuff. And like, I'm super into personal development books, things like that. It was all of that. But then I, I really went through like a spiritual awakening regarding like my intuitive gifts. So that I discovered a whole other world of people and resources that just allowed me to look at myself differently and allowed me to look at myself without any kind of preconceived notions or definitions and definitely allowed me like the authority, I guess I granted myself my own authority to be like, you're allowed to have your own moral framework and your own, your own belief structure and you can make that up. I would say that I'm probably more of a witch now is how I look at it. Um, and I really enjoy saying that. So that's, <laughs> that's like my thing. Yeah. Oh that's one God, thing I, I love. I, know I love all this so much. I, that's actually one thing that I love so much about the work you're doing, which we'll talk about more, but just as a preview, you, you're a life coach um, that helps people transition in their careers and their businesses. But then you also talk about being a witch and you bring those two together. And I love that so much. And I want to talk about that in, excess at some point. Oh yeah. I'm still very much, I'm still a baby witch big time. Um, I'm an, I'm, I'm a new, very, very new to it. Uh, it's been very amorphous for a long time, like very nebulous, no real shape or label to it. And it was really around like Halloween. Cause this year I've super come into my own. And I just had this moment where I was like, fuck this. I'm calling myself a witch. I'm a witch. And that's what I'm going to say, because that feels right to me. Oh, hell so, yeah. There is yeah. no turning back after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember like talking to my now fiance and I was saying to him, he's, he's very much like a practicing Buddhist. He's um, so it's not super far removed. Like he's more of like an agnostic hippie kind of vibe. Mm -hmm. Always been really into like meditation and you know, this idea of unattachment and surrender and things. So he was uh, a great mirror for me on spirituality as well. But I remember saying to him, I was like, what would you, I was like, what would you think if I like started calling myself a witch? And he was like, um, like, how's that different than what you've been doing? He was like, that's like, <laughs> he was like, I thought, I thought you already were. I thought you decided that a while ago. And I was oh, like, isn't that the best when you, someone sees you <laughs> yeah. before you even see yourself? I was I like, no, that. no. I mean like non-ironically. And he was like, okay, that still has like zero impact on me. That's, I didn't realize you were being ironic this whole time. <laughs> Only you thought that you were being, this reminds yeah, me of exactly. 
my best friend and I in middle school, we would go to the like corner drugstore and buy issues of Cosmopolitan and then read them, quote, to make fun of them. Oh, <laughs> like, right, right. Yeah. Like, no, we were just shamelessly consuming like, you know, sex articles. And uh... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, see, like I so I went to Catholic school for 13 years. So like I was steeped in the culture and the guilt mm. of Catholicism. And then, you know, my my mother's very devout Catholic. So I was like, oh, my God it's hell. I'm going to go to hell if I do, if I like explore any of that. Um, but on the note of magazines also, she would not subscribe us to 17 magazine until I was literally 17. By which of course you are no longer, you're like too old for 17. Now you're supposed to be reading Cosmo. I was literally getting American girl until I was 17 years old. It's mortifying. And then somehow I went from that. We skipped over Cosmopolitan and she subscribed me to Cat Fancy. Okay. <laughs> Jumped into Cat Lady years way I early. I was like, wow. Okay. Yeah. And her handwriting, she's a doctor, so her handwriting's really bad. So, um, like, I, I thought it was a joke. I got it in my mailbox at college. And I was oh like, God. I was like, who is Iona? Like, who's Iona? And it was like some crazy last name. And it was just her shitty handwriting of jesse <laughs> like, okay like i thought i was questioning all my friends like who which one of you did this they're like we don't have money for that kind of practical joke oh my god but now i want to subscribe everyone i know to cat fancy as oh it went through a rebranding so now it's catster magazine so much cooler Mm, yeah, I know. Cat Fancy is... Okay, wait, I do have a question for you. Before we fall down a Cat Fancy <laughs> rabbit hole, how old were you when you felt like Catholicism didn't fit for you anymore? And how long do you think that you were in sort of the nebulous space of like, well, if I can't have Catholicism, uh, I guess it's nothing, which I also relate to. It was 2014. Um, I'd gone through some personal trauma, like within my family. And I had this whole feeling of like, I, I can't do this. Like it just, all of it felt triggering. Going to mass felt like felt triggering. Praying felt triggering all of this stuff. And I definitely went through this phase of like, how could any, like, how could any God, like I'm a good person. And how could any God like allow these things to happen to me? And I just kind of lost my faith at that point. Not right away, but like, you know, I was still going to mass for a while and it just felt less and less genuine. And I just felt like it felt like a, a community where I couldn't be open because mm -hmm. if I were my real self, I would be rejected. And that's how mm -hmm. I felt. So I slowly like I I tried a few things. I tried going to a Lutheran church. I tried going to a Methodist church and just nothing gave me the like nothing got that feeling back of like connectedness and of self development and self-reflection and self-accountability, all the things I mentioned. So I was without it for a while. And I just like, you know, I'd read a ton of like self-care stuff. I'd read a lot of like personal development. I was doing things on my own. I had my own like thoughts and opinions. I dabbled in tarot a little bit. I was like reading astrology books, but like I never thought of those things as like mode of, modes of spirituality. They were more mm. like fun things. And now, of course, I use them. They're almost like a, a, my entire language and how I interact with people and how I'm able to connect with clients and connect with people I encounter, people I meet. So now it's like totally evolved. It's a totally different, different place. But it was a few years because I would say that, um, you know, I stumbled into like manifestation work probably within the past like two years. So yeah, it was like a good like three, four years 
yeah. of just kind of like being in this like, oh, uh, spiritual non-religious. Yeah, spiritual non-religious, as they say. Mm-hmm. And now it's kind of become a little more organized in my mind of like what provides me, what makes me feel good and connected to other people, connected to myself, connected to my intuition, things like that. Yeah. Okay, I have another question for you. When you were in that interim period and you felt like, okay, I don't have faith in this structure and this institution anymore. Did you feel like you also for a while didn't have like, when you grow up and your means of connecting to spirituality is uh, mediated through religion and then you lose religion. I feel like for me, there was a period of like, well, was any of that real? because I don't believe in the religious hierarchical structure anymore. And so I guess I'm curious for you, did you maintain a faith in sort of a connection to something bigger? And did you feel like you were still experiencing that outside of the institution or did it kind of all evaporate for a little while? Does that what's make funny sense? is, yeah, it totally does. Yeah. What, what's funny for me is that like, I would say that I never believed there was nothing. I never felt like I didn't have any connection. It was almost like like when you're in a relationship that's not working for you and you're like, I genuinely just need some space and some time to think and I'll come back to it. And then when you come back, the relationship is totally different. That's how it felt to mm. me more than anything else rather than like I never had it or I lost it. It's like, you know, even now, like, you know, I think of, I believe in a God. I, I just say generally my higher power, or the universe or whatever. Because I think it's all the same. And, you know, I believe in Jesus. And, you know, do I, like, you know, my stance is more like, I, who am I to, like, decide what or who he was? Like, I'm, I'm very, like, kind of with Nietzsche, like, Nietzsche on religion. Religion is the opiate of the people. But I almost take that in a really positive light of it doesn't matter whether it's true or not. All that matters is how I interact with it and how it makes me feel. That's it. Like, it doesn't matter, like, like, I don't think any one person is right. I think it's everybody's mm. right because it's all individual. Yeah. I mean, I think you have a story that a lot of people can probably relate to, which is something that I like about this podcast. I think it gives a place people with a story similar to yours to land because I do think that the popularity of religion is declining. Oh, for and sure. people are just like hungry though for that same kind of connection. Also, we've talked to people before, same thing as you know, they get jaded and then you reject the religion. Mm-hmm. And then it's like really scary to come back to something because you're cynical or all these things. And I'm just so touched, I think, and excited about seeing where this is going in our modern world, like our generation and then maybe the generation younger than us to say that there's room for religion too. Like, yes, that's awesome. But also if it's not religion, yeah. What did you say earlier? You can be your own authority. I think I really like that. Like just, there's no one thing. And at some point it's probably going to get all mixed up into one big blob and no one's right. So you get to decide for yourself and it's exactly mix. And I think that's exciting and cool. Yeah. Like, you know, okay. You know, that chart from like Dungeons and Dragons and it's like chaotic, like, you know, the, it's like lawful to neutral chaotic. And then there's also like good neutral and evil. I recently, because I'm always going down internet rabbit holes, I was like, (laughs) I'm going to look into what all those little squares mean. And like, I read chaotic good. And I was like, oh my God, that's me. 
Because it's like, you're a good person and you try to like help people as much as you can, but also fuck authority and fuck rules. Like you're your <laughs> own moral compass. And I was like, hell yeah, I am. Like, <laughs> I read yeah. that. I was like, that's definitely me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like I'm like that. a vigilante. Yeah. That's like, <laughs> that's how I think of myself. If I were much cooler and like had combat skills, I'd be a vigilante for sure. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote, you said earlier, oh, right. That you've recently come into your intuitive gifts. I was wondering yep. if you could talk a little bit more about that whole process and what for that sure. means. For sure. Yeah. So it's been about a year. It's coming up on a year. I mean, I, I feel like this year is going by so fast. So I keep thinking it's like May. I know. Like crazy. I'm drinking a shandy already and it's like still only like 50 degrees outside. <laughs> um, but yeah. So, you know, I, when 2019 started, I had this constant feeling of like something big is coming. I was like, something big is coming and I don't know what it is, but I felt this feeling to like rush and purge and like do all of these crazy things. I was like, okay, I got to like clean. Like it was the first thing that happened. And like, if anybody, like if you ask anybody I'm close to, I'm not like a clean person. Mm -hmm. I have always been a slob and I've always been like a hoarder, not literal hoarder, but like borderline hoarder. Cause I just have emotional attachment to things. And so all of a sudden I got this urge where I was like, I was like, who's that clean lady from Japan? I need to do that. I was going to say, was it <laughs> yeah. Marie Kondo? It was Marie Kondo. But like, I, it, it was like, I already knew I needed to do something. And then like, I asked clean friends, like, how do you know about cleaning? Like, why is your house always clean and mine's not? And that was like the name that came up. So I was like, okay, I got to purge all my shit. So it started with that. And it felt like, it felt like I had room. Like it just, it felt like I had room in my mind and like in my house. Like I just felt like I, like that's felt like part of the preparation, almost like this nesting phase. And I'd always had like intuitive gifts, but they started like tuning up after that. So I have to interrupt right now because (laughs) my eyes are like (laughs) wide open because there's this author I love named called Tosha Silver. And she talks about spiritual transformations and being able to receive, you know, spiritual downloads. And she says that the first step is always she suggests you have to clear shit out. Like you no have way. to clean. And hearing your story about this is just reminding me like you, maybe you just intuitively knew that or something. I, I think I did. I, I had no explanation other than, I remember talking about it with several people. I was like, do you feel like something's coming? Do you feel like something's coming? <laughs> and they were like, no. <laughs> so this, so basically I had like a best friend from third grade and uh, second, third grade. And then until like seventh grade and then her family moved away. We lost touch. We got back in touch like two or three years ago. And now we text like every day because she's a witch and we had like, she's been my teacher and a lot of things. So I remember I'm talking to everybody, all my close friends. And I'm like, do you feel like something's coming? And everyone's like, no, I don't. And then I was like, do you feel like something's coming? And she was like, yes. And I was like, oh my God, something (laughs) is coming. Like I knew it. So it started with the cleaning. And then once the cleaning happened, it was like... I just want to affirm, I okay. also was obsessively cleaning in early 2019. Wow. Uh, yes. And Something I was, was happening with the intuitives. I was joking that 2019, I was Marie Kondoing my life. Oh my God, me too. It was, yeah. Well, wait, let me ask, Kylie, do you feel like there was... Did it make space for other things? Um, yeah, it felt... I mean, honestly, I'm kind of cracking up because I feel you're, you're taking the words out of my mouth. It felt like a... Because I am not a clean person at all um and uh it felt like a compulsion of like I have there is shit I have to get I have to get shit out of the way because something's coming and I I like felt the need for space yes Uh, and then I always think of I always think of 
one piece of spirituality is actually about creating space and letting things go. And mm-hmm. I tend to think of it in the emotional, <laughs> but like, I also am feeling more and more like, you know, I mean, my house right now, it looks like a bomb went off, but, um, which is also interesting because I feel like the more, um, I'm just going to stop talking because I have more questions for you. I'm going to let you finish your story. But I just okay, all right. It. Well, yeah, we'll come back to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I want to talk about cleaning yeah. too at some point because I also have thoughts on cleaning. Yeah. Well, okay, so here's my conver- <laughs> Yeah, let me hear it. Let me hear it. So, I'm too excited. I can't contain myself. I feel like, I feel like there's a need to like declutter to like release. But then I also feel like if you, if you're, the version of your sort of anxiety or cluttered mind manifest in your house of being cluttered, you kind of got to get your mental house in order for the clutter to actually disappear. Because I have been like, I've been wrong. Like my husband and I are like, how do we still have the same piles of clutter everywhere? Because you've just been throwing things, not throwing away, but donating. We have been like getting rid of stuff literally every, like once a month. We're like sending bags and bags and yet the piles are still in the same place. And I actually kind of believe that it's because like, like part of that is that there's still internal work that we are doing and that we haven't done yet. And we're like kind of processing. And so those, like, we see it in our house, sort of someone knew feng shui, they could probably explain it to me even better, but like, we're not going to get rid of the pile of stuff in our front room until we deal with the part of ourselves that feels right. safe having that pile of stuff right, in the yeah. front room. Right. Well, because they say that your external world is a reflection of your internal world. Right. So that if some, if internally your mind and your mood is all a jumble, that's just, I mean, it makes sense to me. It's going to kind of show up. Uh, not, not to say that your stuff's in a jumble, yeah. but you know what I mean? Like that, it, there's a direct co- correlation yeah. there. 100%. Yeah. So it was like, okay. yeah. Yeah, it had really it had really started with that. And I've always had anxiety. I'm still on antidepressants. I'm not trying to get off of them because they make my mind work. But I'm yeah. Because they, <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. I feel like they get such a bad rap in like the spiritual community. And I'm like, okay, well, like they're the only reason why I don't um, obsess over my death and the death of all my loved ones. So, you know, I'm able to think <laughs> like fine with them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. my intuitive gifts are much stronger yes. when oh I my God. Yeah. am not obsessing about, yeah, yeah. It's just like having a trash sweeper in your head, basically. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so it started with that. And then um, I'd always been like, I'd had intuitive gifts like when I was a kid, just like always knowing, like I was always like saying shit to adults that made them uncomfortable and like making them like, okay, you little know it all. Like it was like that kind of thing because projector life. And it started happening again. And, and I had been to like a few intuitives over the years and every single time somebody was like, Oh, you're a psychic too. When they would meet me, Oh, you're a psychic too. You're a psychic too. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, but, and, but like once I cleared out my house, they started percolating and it was just unusual. Like I'd always had the thing where it was like, if I was thinking about a friend and someone and like they were on my mind, they'd call me something like that always happened. But this mm-hmm. was like, I would have these random. Oh, your audio cut out again. Okay. What? Why do you think that's It could happening? be downstairs. My, I don't know what um, Ian is doing. He might be. Watching porn. <laughs> um, I wish he won't, so. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to get back. Okay, I'll get back to the story. So, 
Okay. So I started, so I like, I'd always had the thing where people would call me and I would, or like, I would be thinking of someone and they would call me. That happened all the time. But this was becoming like much weirder where it was like, I'd have like dreams about nothing helpful, like just really boring stuff. And then they would happen like a week, two weeks later, stuff like that was happening. I would be having like, I'd have a conversation with one person and say something. And then like days later, I'd have a conversation with someone else and they would say very similar words back to me that I had said. It was just so many synchronicities happening in my life. I was like, something's happening here. This is very weird. So I did like a little bit of research. So I started with, I was like, you know what? Maybe I am a psychic. Maybe I do have those intuitive gifts that those other psychics told me about. So that was the first thing that I did was I just looked up like, you know, do you like do, how do you know you have psychic gifts? Like literally just on Google, like a grandma typing that. Uh (laughs) And, and I've came across Natalie Miles's podcast. So it's called, you think you, so you think you are intuitive by Natalie Miles. Yeah. And it was like, oh, the standalone episodes are meant to be a course on tapping into your intuition. And I was like, okay, I'm going to check this out. And the second I started listening to those, it was popping off. It was like, I, I gave a name to skills that I had that I, I just thought were quirks to me, like claircognizance, just knowing things without any kind of explanation. And I didn't realize that that was like a psychic gift. It was just, I just thought it was something I knew. Um, I'd always been like an empath. So I was always able to take on the emotions of others, but this just like unlocked it to a new level. And like, for example, we were watching the Love is Blind or finale oh like last week. God. And it was so. <laughs> that show is killing me. I hate no, it so much. watching a car it, crash, but so I can't good. stop watching. It's so good. Oh, it's, it's trash. trash. It's trash. so good. Uh-huh. Excuse me. I've, I've also like followed all, of, like not followed, but gone down the rabbit hole looking at their Instagram. Oh, don't lie, bitch. You I are was. following them just like me. Okay. <laughs> no, I can't. Yeah. No, I'm not because if they're in my feed, you don't understand. I would just get like so obsessed and I, <laughs> I would end up going to sleep like way later. So I've intentionally not followed. I'll just like, I'll intentionally like check on them when I'm pooping. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah. So like, yeah, for example, like the multitasking. <laughs> So like, for example, like I'm watching that finale and I'm sitting on my couch watching it with, with my fiance and like, I'm getting so nervous watching these people and I feel something like drip on my side and I look down and there is literally sweat pouring out of my armpits. Like I was getting married to a stranger. Okay. Like that's happened. One time my friends, like I had a really emotional conversation with a friend who was like, I've had my period for a month straight. And I was like, what the fuck? And then I got my period, even though I was on birth control that did not give me a period. So it's like, I've gotten like basically a friend period, like an empath period. <laughs> so like, yeah, it just like unlocked it to like a new level. Like it was like, oh and, my and then of course, like I had to learn like grounding and like shut turning it off and all of these things. So it's like, you know, I got a whole set of tools to not just tap into it, but to control it. So that's been life-saving. But yeah, so I basically, I, I got confirmation like, okay, these things are real. They have names. These are things that I do. And now I have an explanation for it. I mean, Back in the day, you know, I, I had dated this guy who worked in politics years ago. And, you know, he, despite working in politics, he, he would see the best in everybody that he worked with. 
bless his heart. And <laughs> I would, when I would go to events with him and I'd be like, oh, that person's shady. That person has these motivations. Don't trust that person, blah, blah, blah. These people have a thing. Like we'd come back and I'd like be running down all these impressions that I got of people. And he was like, um, I'm going to stop taking you to these because you're making me hate all my friends. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, sorry, you're so naive. But, you know, I thought it was just like, okay, I have, I'm really good with like getting impressions of people. I didn't realize that like, no, I'm kind of a mind reader a little bit. So. Yeah. Wait, so can I ask, cause I, this is a question for both you, Jesse and Kylie, because, um, I think you guys both have similar experiences in your path of discovering your intuitive gifts. Did any of it ever feel scary to you? Not really. Not for me. It was just more like, whoa, that's weird. Cool. I was never anything like, <laughs> I was never scared of it. Well, actually, no lies. I will take that back. Hold up. Okay. So okay. rewind a bit. I, I will say, because this wasn't from them opening. This was back when, they, when I wasn't in touch with them. So one of the psychics I had seen, this was back in, I think it was, 20, it was 2014, summer. I went, to, I went to New Orleans with some friends. And, you know, I was like, oh, my God, we have to go to Maria Vulovo's House of Voodoo. I don't care what we do. That's the only thing I want to do. I want to go get a reading there, yada, yada. So I got this reading from a Santorian priest. And the first thing he said to me in this reading, and it was like the most mind-blowing hour and a half of my life, but the first thing he said to me was, how long have you been having the dreams that you're dead and standing outside your body? And I was like, Whoa. what the fuck? Because I've been having those dreams for about 10 years at that Whoa. point. Oh my God. Yeah. And it was like my most terrifying dream. Like it's a, it was a recurring nightmare that I got all the time where I'd basically like, all it was is that either I was underground or I was in a casket or something and I would walk up to my body and then I would just wake up hyperventilating. And, and I was like, uh, 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 I've been having them for like 10 years. And he said, do you know why you get them? And I said, no, no. The only thing I can put together is that it always seems to come before a time of change when I need to change something in my life. And he said, no, it's not that. He said, it's because you have very deep psychic gifts and you don't know how to control them. And he was like, and one of them is that is empathy. You take on the emotions of others and you don't know how to release the emotions. So when they build up, this dream happens. He was like, it's just, it's a sign that you need to like be more conservative with your energy. And he told me, it was like, you're a hugger. Like you, whenever you see people, you hug strangers, you'll hug everyone. He was like, that's because like you're drawn to help others. But even just a simple handshake that like the touching of another person is enough for you to take on their emotions. And so when you're touching all of these people and interacting with all of these people, you're taking on more feelings, more feelings, more feelings, and they're building up. He was like, so first of all, you need to stop touching people so freely Second of all, he was like, you need to stop saying, I see, I understand, I know how you feel. He was like, stop using language that creates a psychic bridge to the other person in that moment. And finally, he said, if you feel yourself feeling the emotions of somebody who's telling you an emotional story or you're having an emotional conversation, pinch yourself under the table to bring your awareness back into your body. And I started following those things and like the dream didn't go away totally, but it had, it had so significantly reduced that I didn't have the dream again until basically I'd had an anxiety attack that pushed me to go on medication. So it was, and so it was like, 
two years without having that wow. dream, which was the longest I'd ever gone without that. Wow. Yeah. So that's the only time I was like a little scared, a little freaked out because I had that moment of like, oh my God, I didn't like, I didn't know I had this and I didn't mm -hmm. know the power that it had on me, like the impact that it ha had on me. And I was a little afraid about like, Jesus, what have I been doing? Like, why? I didn't know I had this. I don't like, what does that even mean? Um, but when I saw the results, like ha not having that dream anymore, I was like, oh, this is, this is nothing. It's just about being a little more careful with who I'm connecting with. That's all. Yeah. So wow. yeah, that's, that's yeah. my story. That's awesome. That's, that's an amazing shaman reading yeah. too. Oh yeah. It was wild. I could, I, I could, that's like a whole story. We could do a whole episode just on that, that reading. It was wild, but we'll, we'll save that yeah. for a, for yeah, next for time. Next time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or for your own podcast oh, yeah, that's going to yeah, be coming yeah. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wait, well, so what about you, Kylie? Has it ever been scary for you? Um, yes. Uh, one moment. Uh, <laughs> it's just me being a big baby. So I live in a house that was built in 1864. So I live in a super old house. Um, and we definitely have a ghost. Um, and the ghost likes to hang out in my, used to be my office now. It's my daughter's room. And, uh, one night I was putting her to, and like, I'm of the belief that like, if you have like ghosts or whatever, you just say like, I know my, my parents' house also has a ghost. And like, whenever I go home, cause I didn't live until I was 16, I'm always like, so I guess this is your house. I'm just visiting. I really don't want to see you. So like you do your thing. Just like let me mm -hmm. sleep. Uh, cause one night, <laughs> one night she came before I would tell her this, she came into the room that my, one of my good friends and I were sleeping in and, uh, I was in college or after college. Anyway, I couldn't see her, but we could feel her. And this is my friend who's like super, um, not really particularly woo woo. And, uh, this was before I was either. And anyway, we both woke up and were fucking terrified cause you could feel that there was like. Like they like you could just feel, and then I got up and I finally was like, I'm, I'm too scared to stay in this room, and so I got up and Michaela was like, "What are you doing?" And I was like, "I'm just going to the bathroom," and then I fucking left her there when I slept on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my terrible friend, she's still my friend. But you must have also been so terrified of the baby on the couch. No. I was, I was like, I'm going to the bathroom, which was true. And then I was like, fuck it, I'm not going. And then I'm never room. coming back. And then I'm leaving you alone <laughs> with the ghost. And I, then one night, uh, so then in my own bedroom or my daughter's bedroom, when I was putting her to bed, and I thought that my husband was standing behind me as I was like putting my daughter in the crib, so I turned around to tell him something, and he wasn't there. <gasps> because it was our ghost oh. and I got so scared that I ran to the door and then I was like I'm leaving my infant daughter alone in this room I'm running out in fear and leaving my infant daughter in the room so then I stopped and uh <laughs> I have like no ghost radar. It's the same as gaydar. Like I have no gaydar and I have no ghost radar at all. Like I don't pick up on them ever. I, I'm so, like kind of annoyed. Yeah, I don't think I do all either. my psychic friends are like, oh yeah, saw somebody. Oh, I feel their presence, and I'm just like, where? What? So Show I me. Think, <laughs> I think for me, I, this is like a, a new thing. Is that I'm realizing? I think I kind of do have that ability, but that's actually something that I have been like, nope, 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 nope. But the big realization that I had recently was that it's actually all about boundaries, which... Um, mm, yeah, exactly. That, yeah. Like, my fear is actually something that exists in all corners of my life, which is that, like, I, I, don't, I don't trust my ability to say when I'm, like, done helping people, when I, like, where, where taking care of myself is the priority, et cetera, et cetera. And so my fear of, like, connecting in, like, a medium capacity 
is really a fear of not knowing where the boundaries are. And that if I can learn to trust Mm -hmm. that I get to say, yeah, I get, I am in control. I get to consent or not consent. Then maybe that would be super friggin' cool, and I and I could just talk to my grandmother all the time instead of going to yeah, see my Nat- uh, Natalie Miles has a has a guest episode where she talks about it with another medium, and they talk about the boundaries where they're just kind of like, "No, I'm not delivering messages today." It's like a oh, nice I'll way of being. Yeah, yeah, I'll send it to you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you can put it in the show notes, right? And we'll this. link it in yeah. the show notes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so. And then I think for me, I, this is actually a question I'm curious for you too, Jesse. is I think one of the other things for me has been like just owning it, like sharing with people that this is a thing that I like oh care about, God, I'm yeah. interested in. So could you speak to that? Because this is part of what I think is fascinating about the work that you do in your journey is that like you're this like this fascinating resume of like doing all sorts of really cool, high powered careers, law school, et cetera. And then you also are like busting out your tarot cards. And oh, so- yeah. <laughs> Let, uh, yeah. Talk about shadow on that. I was like, everyone's going to think I'm fucking nuts if I start talking about being a psychic. So, you know, at first I wanted to keep it separate. I was like, okay, I'm going to be this super practical career coach on the side. And then I will also offer tarot readings on this side. Like I wanted to keep it compartmentalized because part of me was like, this is not going to resonate with the people who would resonate with my background because I come out of law. I come out of journalism, like literally the most skeptical people you've ever met. The two most (laughs) skeptical professions I could be in. You know, there's a saying in journalism. If your mother tells you she loves you, uh, uh, what is it? If your mother tells you she loves you, uh, check the facts or check her sources or something like that. It's like, it's like that level of like questioning, and so mm-hmm. I had so much shadow when this was coming out. I kept it mostly to my friends at first. I would do like tarot readings just for them, that kind of thing. And I hired like my life coach, my business coach, who's fantastic, is also an intuitive. And she was just kind of like, you need to, like people want all of you. Like they want all of you, not just part of you. And if you're only showing up as part of you, they're not going to get the full experience and they're not going to get the full benefit benefit of your gifts. So she really had to like pull that out of me. And like, I was in, I'm in talk therapy and stuff. So I was like, my therapist is going to think I'm nuts. I'm going to get Baker acted because I'm going to be like, <laughs> like I'm going from being a lawyer to being a psychic life coach. Um, and you just kind of learn to own it, I guess, after a while. It's one of those things where I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep saying it until I'm not uncomfortable anymore. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where, you know, I went from that, which was like, not really announcing it publicly. I was just very much like, oh yeah, I'm a life coach, blah, blah, blah. To, I think it was a week or two ago, I was at a big workshop with like 50 plus people. And when I said what I did, I was said, I didn't like color coat. I didn't like sugarcoat. It was like, oh, I'm an intuitive life coach. I said, no, I'm a psychic life coach. It's like this room of like 100 people and like so many heads turned around like, what? (laughs) Like, wow, she's not in marketing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but it it was one of those moments where I said to myself, like, man, I've come so far. And that was just within six months because it all happened so quickly, like this onset of my gifts. And so I had to be able to explain it to people who have known me for my whole life or known me for these very analytical parts of my life to be like, yo, how did this even happen? And what was funny is one of the first readings that I read or one of the first readings I sold was to a friend from law school. He was buying it for his aunt which was, and she was 
probably one of my favorite readings that I've ever done. She was just so kind, so open and so into it. And then she was raving about it. So now it's like he tunes into all my life card pulls. He'll like have me pull cards for him. It's like, I love it. He's like my hype man now. But I would have, I would have never guessed that. I would have never, yeah. I would have never guessed that like so many of like my lawyer friends would be into it, that I'd be finding like lawyers on the internet who are really fascinated by it. But I think it's, I think it's because there's such a need and such a craving for connectedness in, in a spiritual way. Because what I do like, yes, it's, I'm connecting to somebody else's, like, I'm, I'm really, like, connecting to their spirit, like, is what it is. It's not necessarily all mental. Like, I feel like I do feel them in the, when I give readings, when I give those, mo a lot of the things that I say when I give a reading is, like, I feel this pressure in your back, or I feel like I want to, like, guard myself. Yes. And that's, like, really what it comes from. Like, I was, I feel your emotions. Like, I pulled a card for someone one time, and, I was like, I want to start crying. Like you, you have so like, there's so much pain in here. And I feel like, like talk to somebody. <laughs> it doesn't need to be me, mm -hmm. but like, go talk to your, go talk to someone because like you cannot handle this burden on your own. So it's, it's been a journey, but it's been a really cool one. And it's been, it's been rapid, but I, you know, I don't do anything half-ass anyway. I'm all in from the get-go. I always say that I'm the yeah. kind of person who like starts like running for the first time and then signs up for a half marathon three weeks later. Yeah. I actually mm -hmm. did that. Oh my God. <laughs> so yeah, I relate, I relate to a lot of what you're saying, Jesse. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I like yeah, started weightlifting too. and I was like, I want to bench press my own weight. <laughs> like I, like I, I go all in from the beginning. I don't know anything about like milestone goals now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what has been, uh, actually, can you just, I'm curious to hear a little bit about how you incorporate, right? So if you're with a client, uh, who's coming to you because they're unhappy with their career and they're trying to make a transition, how do you incorporate the psychic intuitive work with the really practical, you know, let's buff up your resume? Well, I, I channel a lot. Like when I'm coaching, I'm channeling and it just feels different. Basically. I know when I'm giving my own advice, Versus when I'm getting like channeled advice and a lot of times the channeled advice is coming from something they're not telling me. So it's like, you know, they're like, I, I deal with a lot of people who are unsure about things and so they can't quite put their finger on why things aren't working out. And so that's normally like the difference. Like I'll feel it from, I'm pointing on my head, but for those who are listening, my thoughts feel like I don't feel anything in my brain because they're my thoughts. Like I don't like, there's no sensation there. But when I'm, when I'm channeling, I feel them like, I feel it's almost as if the back of my head and the top of my head is like, it's a tickle. It's not like a laughing tickle, but you know, like, I'm going to try and describe it. You know, when you tickle the inside of your forearm, like yourself, it's like you wouldn't laugh, but it feels like ticklish a little bit. Mm. It feels like that in my mm. brain. So like in my head, so that's the best way I can describe it. And so it's just like a sensation that I, that doesn't come from when I'm expressing my own thoughts. And so like, sometimes like I don't like, I have to explain to people in reading sometimes or in coaching sessions. Cause I'll be like, Oh, I'm, I'll be like, start patting my head. And I'm like, <laughs> and anyway, yeah. So such and such, you're dealing with such and such block. And then I'm like, Oh, sorry, the tapping it's, it's a download I'm getting, like I'm getting it in my head. Cause I like just start delineating like that. I'm like, okay, this is a message. Um, so that's how, I mean, it happens. So it's not just when I read tarot. So a lot of times, like, like I'll just like be able, and I have a policy of if it pops into my head, I'm just going to say it. 
Like nothing you say is wrong when you're, when you're an intuitive. Oh, I love yeah. that. It's coming into your head for a reason. And I've said the most batshit insane things sometimes where I'm like, oh, I don't know if this means anything, but it always does. And people are always like, holy shit. I was just like, yeah, that's a huge problem of mine. So that's normally how it happens just in like one-on-one coaching sessions. And so like with like resume and cover letter, oftentimes it's mostly like, I look at your resume and I can see that you've written it through the lens of insecurity basically. Mm. So sometimes that comes off like, I don't think I'm good enough for this job. Sometimes it comes off as like, you have a chip on your shoulder, like you're trying too hard. It's stuff like that. Like I can just tell the mindset from which you wrote it rather than being like, I'm presenting myself as a whole and complete person for you to see in this piece of paper. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm basically able to be like, what is your ideal job? Like, what is the job that you're trying to get? Okay. Now I'm going to write this from like, your most sacred self, like the, the part of you that feels enough, the part of you that doesn't feel like they have to prove themselves, the part of you that's not insecure over this, the part of you that's just that knows that you are innately qualified and trusts that it's going to work out. So that's basically like I, I will always do a session when I do someone's resume or cover letter. I just get them either on a phone or a video call and I'm like, okay, so like tell me what you did in this job because I want to hear their language and how they phrase things because I don't ever want to change the language to match how I would phrase things because I want it to sound like them and their voice. So that's really what it is, is it's just like I read this piece of paper and I'm like, oh boy, no. <laughs> like, that's, not, that's not what Sometimes I'm like, oh, you're so close. This is actually really good. And I just see the ways I need to fine tune it. That's really what it, what it comes down to um, when, it, when it comes to like written materials like that. I think it's a great intersection though, something that uh, hopefully there's a need for, hopefully there'll be more of. Uh, I'm all about practical, but also the more I'm like getting into the spiritual aspect of things, I also don't want to work with any, I want someone practical, but I don't want to work with anyone who doesn't share the same values Absolutely. as me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm both brains. Like that's the thing that I've learned to embrace. I'm both analytical and I'm woo-woo spiritual. So it's, you know, that's, that's who I attract because I'm very much like when I started getting into the space, I needed it to be like, here's how to do this. Like I needed a how-to guide on like how to tap into your intuition, how to do manifestation, how to do a gratitude practice because people will be like, get an alignment, get in your vibration. I was like, what does that even mean? So I like to, I say all the time, half actionable steps, half spirituality. That's just how it has to be because mm-hmm. they, they mm-hmm. go hand in hand. Because if we're, if we're expecting yeah. people who have no frame of reference for this to like step into that pool and like get into all of those practices, it needs to be accessible. Yeah. And I also think that we have to live in, well, Kylie and I have kind of talked about this before, this idea of like living in what I call the in-between, meaning you can be intuitive and spiritual, but I think you can go too far off into the deep end and not have your feet planted on the floor. Absolutely. I mean, it's things as, as, you know, things even like white supremacy is like a real thing. Oppression, poverty, all of these things are real. You can't just manifest those things away. Like, yeah, they all feed into every person's individual complex, but the reality is that there's ancestral trauma that comes from like the political atmospheres of now and before. And you cannot, you cannot expect people, expect anybody who's been, who's been, in a family dynamic of oppression and intergenerational poverty to just magically come out of that. like it, because they're not just carrying their own conditioning and their own trauma, they're carrying it from many generations. And so I think like there's, 
a huge risk of like whitewashing all of this spirituality. It's, it really annoys me because it's like co-opting it because it obviously comes from like indigenous cultures is where we get most of it. And then we co-opt it. Then we whitewash and we're like, yeah, just manifest the life that you want. It's like, what the fuck, dude? Mm -hmm. Like, it's not that simple. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It needs to be met with like, yeah, real life. It needs to be both. Yeah. I think you, yeah, you got to learn how to communicate as well. I think with the realities of our society as well. Right. Like we're not going to like manifest Donald Trump out of office. All right. That's not how it works. You got to vote. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There needs you got to vote. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and like knock on doors and show up. Yeah. Like, right. Oh, like, and like yeah. have difficult conversations at Thanksgiving, like stop letting your racist uncle get away with shit. That's just like not how it works. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying change his yeah. mind. You just need to make him uncomfortable. That's really what it's about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is actually really interesting because I think I read about this a lot or hear people talk about it is that, um, what is it called? Spiritual bypassing? Yeah. Is that mm-hmm. what it is? When you, it's like you're trying to take a shortcut. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but there are really no shortcuts. The, and I don't think that's a bad thing. The phrase that I think of uh, is spiritual bootstrapping, which is just like, like, oh, like you can just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Like if you like, like you could manifest the way out of, you know, whatever the fuck you're in, um, like, you know, pull yourself by your bootstraps. Um, uh, yeah. Which is really toxic too, exactly, right? Because like, oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, that's I, the, that's I've the, done it. We've all done it. That's a thing. We've all been there. No, none of us are perfect. Like, you know, I was actually fired from my last job and I went like right after I was like, oh, this is a sign for me to go all in with my business, which of course it was. But I was like faking my confidence at first. I was getting like, I was getting a lot of interest. I was getting a lot of calls, but I was also like, oh, I'm going to be making money soon. So I'm just going to like, I can go to Starbucks every day. It's pumpkin spice latte season. And it was like, okay, yeah. Um, I need a new fitted sheet. Yeah. I'm just going to like buy this like linen sheet. That's like a hundred dollars. That's like, uh, like I spent money on stupid shit. I'm the first one to admit that. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, because I was, I didn't actually have the confidence deep down. I was trying to like prove it to myself in a way that wasn't constructive. So like what happened? I burned through all my money. Like, right. of course I did. And it threw me into this whole panic. Cause I was like, Oh my God, but I'm like, it's supposed to be happening. I thought it was happening. I thought it was manifesting. And it's like, yeah, no bitch. Cause you were trying to control things. You were saying mm, like, okay, I'm yeah. going to act confident. So that way it happens when what I needed to do yeah. was let go and surrender and be like, you know what? I'm going to focus on my work and like show money, respect, show myself respect. And then it'll, and then it started coming. Yeah. I think the one thing about manifestation uh, that people don't talk about. I mean, I'm sure there's so many different avenues of manifestation as well. But for me, what I understand is that you really have to start where you are. And if that means that you're scared, you have to just acknowledge, oh, I'm scared. And if you're not confident, you have to start by saying, oh, actually, I'm not confident so that you get to a place where you can be at peace with it. And then from there, whatever, take the action that you need to take. Because the thing is, I think your soul knows when you're, it's li- when you're lying. <laughs> oh, yourself. absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So... It's, a, it's this weird paradoxical thing because if you know that you're lying to yourself in a way, you're kind of just attracting more of that lie if you keep mm. doing it. So I, it's, it's confusing though because I do think that there is something to fake it till you make it um, to an extent. Um, so I don't, I don't know where like where the lines I can, are. I can explain I'm, this pretty well. So like, the, oh, yes, yes so the fake it till you make it thing, it's like 
It's like you have, and I, and I do this with myself all the time. I say to myself whenever I'm sure, what does million dollar Jesse do and how does she act? So like my million dollar self, the version of me who has a million dollar income, how does she treat her business? She wakes up in the morning and she does this and she does that. And this is how she talks to people. And this is how she interacts in the world. And I just embody that now because she's inside me already. Mm -hmm. So that's like the yeah. fake it till you make it has to be in the work. It can't be in like the spending habits. It can't mm -hmm. be in like the treating yourself. Oh, yeah. It. it just has to be in the way that you show up. So, and you know well, what, okay, frankly, so, Million someone... Dollar Jesse doesn't buy a pumpkin spice latte every day. I'm just going to tell you that. Oh, that's what I was going to ask. Because someone might say, well, a Million Dollar Jesse, like they might argue that a Million Dollar Jesse is showing up by not living in lack and allowing herself to have like the pumpkin spice latte. And there's a certain degree of like, I'm super prone to scarcity mindset. And I know that. So I always have to ask myself, like, where is this coming from? Where's this, this, this decision coming from? So for me, going to Starbucks every day was coming from this place of lack because I felt like I couldn't, ha I, I had to enjoy it now before I didn't have the opportunity mm -hmm. to enjoy it anymore. So that's where like, yeah, that's so, yeah so for me, like so much of my spirituality is self-reflection. Which is why like what, oh, what really drew me to astrology initially was the fact that like it uncovered aspects of my personality that I hadn't considered before. And I was like, oh man, I need to be really, like really need to be aware of this because it's so true. And like, you're essentially calling me out and I need to be like, like, I like knowing things about myself. So I guess it really comes from the motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I think the, in the intention behind it, which again, I think goes back to the, you have to be honest with yourself. Yeah. So you, you have to be self-aware. Right which goes back to also what you're saying about what your spiritual practice is a lot about, which is, yeah, how well and how honest can you be with yourself? How well do you know yourself? Right. And like, you know, being aware of your mirrors around you because, you know, my, my fiance, he wasn't my fiance then, but he was just like, you know, you're like, he's very security mind minded. So he's very good with his money. He's very careful. He can be a little stingy. And in that way, like I balance him out because I'm just like, you can't, you can't just like live in lack. That's just like, you're making these decisions because you think you'll never see the money again. But I was mm -hmm. making decisions because I was like, okay, I got to like, you know, use it before I lose it. It was more of that mentality. And so he was able to be like, you know what, like, I'm a little concerned about this here. I'm seeing something like what, uh, what's going on. So part yeah. of it is just being open to the people who are your mirrors as well. Can I ask you a question? You mentioned earlier that the big turning point was like, or a big turning point for you was like, no, you really got to just surrender. And man, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> oh my God. That was the hardest for me because I'm such a control freak, such a control freak. It is like next level. And of, of course comes from like feeling very unstable growing up and things like that. So I want everything to be in control. I want it to be the way I want it. And the more I was forcing it, so it felt like, and this is where like even the confidence stuff, faking it till you make it, like I was trying to guess, like it was almost like, how should I show up to get sales? Like how should I show up to get clients attracted to me rather than being like, fuck the money, fuck the clients. I'm showing up as me and trusting that the right people are going to take notice. And like, there was actually like a degree of a fear of working really hard and it not working. Like, so it was like, part of it was a fear of failure, but then part of it was also a fear of success. So it was like, I was basically keeping myself not small. I was keeping myself average. I was like, okay, 
I'm going to keep this room temperature at 71 degrees. I'm not going to get too cold and not going to get too hot. And so I was just staying stuck because I was like trying to guess like what's going to sell and like what, what, what do people want rather than like what do I want to teach and what do I want to talk about. And I remember I got to this point and it was literally beginning of February. So I paid my, I just paid like rent for February. I was like, all right, this is it. I have no money. Like I don't know how I'm going to pay that rent next month. And I said, okay, you know, we've been living in this place of fear of like working really hard and it not working out. So I said to myself, okay, so here's what we're going to do for the next month. You're going to work as hard as you can, like as hard within, without burning out, we're going to work as hard as we can. And if it doesn't work, we'll change our approach for March. Like, let's just see what happens if we just work really hard and not care about what happens. And I'd read the surrender experiment that was like super helpful for me because it was a really good example of like, here's what happens when you stop giving a shit and you just trust that things are going to come. And by trust, it's not even like trusting, like I'm sitting here like, oh yeah, that rump money, it's coming my way. It's happening. It was just taking this mindset of like, I'm not going to worry about that today. It was like that's like Scarlett O'Hara from Gone with the Wind. She's like, I'll think about that tomorrow. I took that Mm -hmm. mindset. I was like, all I care about is today. I'll worry about it tomorrow. Yeah. So you still show up. It's like you're still doing your part, but not being attached to the outcome. You're just like, whatever. I'm doing the best that I can. Yeah. I'm just going to work and see what happens. And then whatever. I'll just like fix it if it doesn't happen. What happened? I made $3,000 in a month. Like it was just that has been the turning point. And I was like, okay, I just need to show up as me talk about the shit I want to talk about, like say whatever crazy shit pops into my head, (laughs) help people just be myself and not worry if it, if I'm, yeah, it it honestly has been way different and way better. And I'm just like, you know, cause my, my coach would tell me all the time. She was like, you know, we talk and you're so fiery and you've got like these hot takes and you don't, she was like, but you're like showing up on social media. So vanilla. She's very blunt, which I love. <clears throat> I need blunt people in my life. She's like, you're just so vanilla. Like, I don't get it. She's like, I need this version <laughs> of you to show up online. And I was like, wow, you're so right. I am being so vanilla. So I just like started saying whatever the fuck I felt like talking about. And some of it has been a little controversial. And some of it has been just, you know, not doesn't seem related to my business at all. I just talk about my life and whatever it is I'm doing. And in in doing that, I've allowed people to see the full me. And by showing up Mm -hmm. consistently, like just multiple times a week, I try to do every day except on the weekends. So showing up every day, it was amazing. It was like overnight, people just started reaching out, not to like book things with me. They were just like, hey, I'm curious about this. I'm curious about that. And I also took this mindset of like, I'll give away all my information for free because I know working with me is going to get you much better results than you taking my information and working on it on your own. So like, that's, Mm -hmm. that's the big difference. Like, could I sit here and like figure out social media marketing and everything like by myself? Yeah, I probably could. It's going to take me a lot longer though than having a coach who works with me and says, I see these problems. I see this is a way you can improve. It's, it's just mm-hmm. a different process. So I took the same mindset yeah. of like, I'm just going to put my con- content out there and help people and show up to serve and trust that the right yeah. people are going to connect with me. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I think oftentimes people have this idea that surrender means I'm going to give up. I'm going to sit on my ass and on my couch and like see what happens. And they feel like it's like a defeat, mm. but it's so the opposite. It's actually, it's the energy that allows you to actually show up more fully because you're not paralyzed by the fear of 
what's going to happen? Am I going to make it? Am I going to be successful? Is this the right and move? All the, is that the wrong move? Is this the right move? You're like, it's like you're freeing yourself essentially from all of that so that you can just do whatever the fuck you oh, want yeah. and what you think is mm-hmm. the right thing to do. So I'm, I love that. So well, one of my... It, it, Sorry, we're all trying to hack it once. You go. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say a holdover from Catholicism that I've taken with me was this, uh, was this quote that I loved. And it said, work as if it all depends on you. Pray as if it all depends on God. And I've taken it to, like, I've just changed it a little bit for myself, which is work as if it all depends on you. Trust as if it all depends on God. And that's mm. like, by embodying that, I've really like hit my sweet spot. Oh, I, I love really love that. that. Well, yeah, it's interesting your story too because uh, that's that's why you're on this podcast because we're Facebook friends. I don't go on Facebook that often, although I have been on there more recently. But anyway, I was all of a sudden like, "Who is this Jessie De Silva woman? <laughs> she is fucking on fire!" And like, <laughs> and I was just like blown away and like just like really um really drawn in like I remember you did some video where you were like I was just at the gym so I'm like sweaty and whatever but look, <laughs> here's what you guys need to know and there was just like so much humor and confidence it just like like it was just so fucking real and I was like I don't even know who this woman is but I'm asking her to be on our podcast and so then I jumped into Facebook messenger and was like holy shit I've talked to this woman before like we're we, we've exchanged we've had like a whole conversation about like when you know because we both kind of started our businesses at similar times and I was like wow I didn't even I didn't even connect that this is the same person because I was like well this woman's clearly been a coach for like six years because she's got her oh yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my god and it's so funny because I was manifesting I manifested this for sure because you know I was starting to show up authentically and I was saying you know a big part of what you know what I really need as a person is to be seen And, you know, I had a lot of shadow around that being the oldest of four kids. Um, and just having this, like, you know, when you grow up in that environment, it's very much like, and being the oldest, it's like, you're always worried about the younger siblings and checking in on them. And like, you become a de facto, like third parent, essentially. Mm. (laughs) And I've really had to break out of that role because I'm like, you know, I really hate being mom. I want to be like, I want to actually be one of the other siblings. So in that same way, I've had to do that with my business where I can't just be somebody who is a cheerleader for everybody. I also have my own needs and that's having a wider platform and being able to talk to more people so I can help more people because that's really what it comes down to. And so I had been saying to myself, like, you know what? I need to get on some podcasts. I'm going to start like, and I had it in my mind, like I'm going to pitch those. I'm going to pitch some podcasts in March because I wanted to start getting my, getting my speaking proposals out for my networking program as a workshop to a few like colleges in the area. So it's like, okay, spring break. So like the semester is going to end. So let me start pitching those first. And then you ended up messaging me and I was like, oh my God, I've been wanting to do a podcast. This is so wild. It was like within the same week I'd been talking about it with my coach and she was like, go for the speaking engagements first, follow the podcasts after. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll take that approach. And then you were like, Hey, I want to be on my podcast. And I was like, hell Yeah. (laughs) okay so i have a question about manifestation because this is where i always get confused it's like two spiritual principles that i feel like are in conflict but i'm sure they have to fit together somewhere Mm -hmm. is that i'm of the mind that sometimes i don't want to ask i don't want to manifest anything specific because i feel like the universe has and it sounds strange but like has something 
better in mind possibly. Meaning I feel like if I manifest something, it's always really specific and I'm focused and it feels like it's a little bit caged. So that happens with me too. Like I'm, I'm supposed to be, I guess, um, like a specific manifester, but I find that whenever I've tried to like write down something specific, I get so focused on that one thing, exactly what you're talking Mm -hmm. about. So I've, in order to let go on my ends, like I've realized, okay, I can't be super specific. Like I can't sit here and say like, I want to be on this specific podcast. I want to speak at this Mm -hmm. specific college. I want to, you know, show up to this specific conference. I just say like, okay, I'm manifesting opportunities to be seen. Like, that's it. Like, I just want to be seen. Like, that's really what I care about. And so I'm focusing, like, I focus my efforts on, like, allowing people to see me. And then, yeah, and then as I, like, allow people to see the real me, that's, like, engaging other people. People are getting drawn into my aura. Right. So pro tip, keep it broad. I like to keep it broad, (laughs) but some people thrive on being specific. Well, okay, I have a question that's a little bit on a related but different topic. Um which is, um, I think about work a lot. It's like, it's the thing that I tend to dump my anxiety into, right? So like, I could be anxious about a lot of things, but I'll just spend all my time thinking that work is the problem. (laughs) Um, And so I'm particularly intrigued in sort of the way that career is an important part of the coaching that you do. And um, I'm curious, let me see if I can ask my question in a way that makes sense. Because I didn't actually write down the question. I just wrote down job out of alignment, which is not, that's not a question. <laughs> but I'm curious about the way in which I think that sometimes when we're doing work that is not like in alignment, however we may define that, because I think that when, when we're in a job that doesn't fit us, like the way it can be a drain. Um, and so I guess I'm curious, I, I'm sure that there are listeners right now that are in jobs that aren't like that, that feel like a drain, that feel like a weight, right? And, and so what would you say to those people uh, about how to take care of themselves in that space? Because it still might take a while till you get a new job and then also how to like move forward. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I'm like so ready for this. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> self-care, self-care, self-care. So what do I mean by that? Um, Really like, so there are two kinds of people when it comes to self-care, I've noticed. There are routine people and there are ritual people. And I say this because some people need structure in their self-care and I'm one of those people. So for me, well, I used to be one of those people. When I had a job that was really draining and that I hated, I knew that there were a few things I needed to do every day to continue functioning and to like not get to the weekend and be so zoned out that I couldn't get off the couch all weekend. I couldn't see my friends, couldn't do things that I loved. So for me, what that looked like is every day I went to bed at 10 PM and I woke up at 5 AM. I would spend 20 minutes putting my dishes away from the night before I would eat breakfast. I would work out. Then I would take a shower while listening to a podcast and like get ready. And when I was listening to podcasts, it was like self-development, positive mindset stuff to like get into my brain to start the day off right. I'd have my day at work. I'd come back and I would have a quick 20 minutes of cleaning. I wouldn't let myself get out of my work clothes for that. So quick 20 minutes of cleaning. Then I would eat dinner and then I had free time for the rest of the night, but I had alarms that went off to tell me when to turn my lights down 
and turn off my electronics and then when to actually start getting ready for bed and go to sleep. Like I needed that every day in order to like function well at like an optimal place, even though I hated my job. And then on the weekend, I told I had to block off Sunday in its entirety. So Sunday was my day to meal prep for the week. So I would like get my groceries delivered in the morning. So I had to outsource that. Um, so I would get my groceries delivered Sunday morning. I would spend all day, uh, not all day, but I'd spend like two to three hours meal prepping. And then I would like, if I needed to do any kind of, um, I would do all my laundry on Sunday. And then in the evening, it was like Game of Thrones or whatever, like watching TV, Netflix, <laughs> that kind of thing. So it was like time for myself. So I could hang out with people on Friday or Saturday, typically not both. Like I was just very aware of where my limits were. I also had therapy once a week, every single week. So I had a very structured schedule around my self-care. Now that I'm in a, in a job that brings me real joy, which is running my own business, I'm a ritual person. So I have, and I like literally have it posted in front of my desk here, and it's a checklist of things I need to do to be happy every day. I don't do the whole list. I just have the list right in front of me and I have to do three every day. Mm. So it's like workout, um, journaling, I have to, or manifestation, mindset work, gratitude practice, affirmations. I don't do every single one of those, including eating healthy and including working out. I don't do those every day because I just need to do the things that make me happy and I need to be able to like tune into what I need every day. So for example, I got a really busy weekend because it was my birthday. My birthday was on Friday. And even though I just spent it like binge watching True Detective and like eating every snack in sight, that's my favorite. Um, even though I did that Saturday, I spent the whole day at a winery with like several friends and I'm a big time introvert and the winery was an hour away from where I live. So it was a car ride there, a car ride back, like talking with nine people, all of whom I love. But you know, it's a lot. It was a lot for me. So then even though yesterday it was like a veg out relaxing day, I didn't have the time to do like the laundry or the cleaning up things that I like to do on Sundays. So, so today I took it easy, but I have my list of little things I need to do every day. And then I have my list of bigger things I need to do when I'm feeling like really down. And that's like stuff like, um, I like to do charcoal drawing or watercolor painting, but that requires me to like break out the easel and set things up and have start at a right time. So I have like light during the day. Like it requires multiple steps. So yeah. yeah, that's how I, how I handle it. You have to like figure out, am I a routine or a ritual person? And then if you're a routine person, like keep tweaking it until it feels right. Like with different things that you need to do. If you're a ritual person, just list it all out and have it visible and just commit to doing even just two a day. But so you essentially the part of this is so that if you hate your job and it's totally draining the life out of you or whatever. And again, I think there are a lot of people, yeah. I just know there are a lot of people who can relate to this listening. Um, you have to make your life outside of work as lovely yes, as it can yeah, be. Yeah, basically. And, it, and like, it's not sustainable forever. So you have to like have the plan to leave, but like in order to have the motivation to leave, your self-care has to be on point. So it's like, I see a lot of people who get trapped and these are not my clients. My clients are all ready to move forward. But like my, a lot of my <laughs> friends or like my family members stay trapped in these places where they like, I, I know I need a new job. I know I need to do networking. I know I need to do all this stuff. I just don't have the energy. 
And it's like, well, you're not going to get the energy like by like keep doing what you're doing. Like you just have to like, you have to get the self-care in order, which is the first thing I always teach for people who are looking for new jobs or looking to start businesses while they're working in a job. You have to get the self-care on point first because motivation is not something that you magically discover. It is a muscle that you train. And like, if you're not, if you're not taking care of yourself, like that muscle ain't going to grow. Yeah. But I think self-care needs to, yeah, it needs to be very specific. Cause I think some, for some people that amount of self-care could also be really tiring. Like if you're so tired that doesn't, and it doesn't have to be like that. That was my schedule. Um, but like my schedule now is way more low maintenance. Like my schedule is like, I work out maybe three times a week, like on a good week, you know, I eat healthy most of the time, but not all the time. And I'm also like a big fan of like outsource anything. That's not that like, if you don't have energy to do, like I love folding my laundry. Like it's just a weird thing I love to do. I love to (laughs) fold, but I really like, but yeah, if you can afford it yeah, and absolutely. you hate it, yeah. then have then take your laundry. Somewhere. And it also yeah. doesn't even have to be like you don't have to pay somebody to do it. Like yeah, I pay somebody to come bring me my groceries, but I've also traded with my sister and my friends before, where it's like I'll do like can you like do this thing and I'll do this chore for you, like just trade off. Mm-hmm. Like that's something yeah. you can do as well. But I do think what you said is interesting is that part of it is that you kind of have to have a plan to leave. Right? Yeah, eventually, yeah, you you're gonna want a plan. But like, you're not going to be in the mindset to create a plan if you, if you don't have, if you're not in a better headspace. So the first thing is getting into like a high vibration headspace. And that's why the self-care is important. And it's not just like the baseline of taking care of yourself. It's also being inquisitive. Like, why do I feel like I can't do any of this? And like, you know, I was in talk therapy for a long time. That's what worked for me. And now most of my stuff is like journaling and journal prompts and a lot of self-reflection. I still see my therapist, just I see her monthly rather than weekly. So it's just, you know, things like that. It's also like digging into your mindset. Why do I feel this way? Why do I feel so negative about things? And like finding ways that you can like seek, seek out some positive reinforcement mm-hmm. or things that at least make you question your negative, your negativity of your, or your, you know, low energy, just like you have to be open. You have to be open to trying things to like, and if your schedule isn't working, if your routines aren't working, be willing to change them. Like it's all an experiment. But the first step is always like, get yourself into a better headspace. Because let me tell you, like when you are trying to network, people can smell it off you a mile away. If you're like so desperate to leave your job, like it's just like invading. If you show up on a first yeah. date and you're like, oh my God, I just like really want to get married. Like I really hate being single. I'm so <laughs> ready to move on to the next part of my life. You're not getting a second date. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So do we have time for one more question? I feel like we are kind of getting to time, but I have another sort of selfish question for me yeah, personally for that I'm going to throw at you. So I also noticed that in your Instagram, you talk about networking. So, you know, you deal with like work stuff, career stuff. And as, as someone who still has a negative connotation of networking. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about how to network in a way that actually feels oh, good. girl, girl. You asked this close <laughs> to time, we're going to be here another hour. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> I mean, or if you could, I don't know. It was like almost two hours long. So and God uh, bless yeah. you all listeners. You still we'll downloaded and listened to it. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. I call like the, first of all, you can't think of networking as going to networking events with forced interaction and trading business cards because like that's, that's just, that's, 
I wouldn't even say it's old school networking. I don't think that's networking at all. I think it's just like really sad events. I tell people if an event has networking in the name, don't go. The only people there are people looking for jobs, <laughs> which is also you. So it's mm. not going to help you. <laughs> <laughs> but I tell people to look at it as just making professional friends. It's just getting people. It's like you're drafting people to be on your team. So the goal is that, and I don't know if you guys watched Game of Thrones at all, but I was a big Mm-mm, fan of it. I did not. Um, so one of the characters is, he's like got all the tea, right? So he always knows everybody's secrets and what's going on. And he says that he has his web of spies. And it's because he basically has all these like, you know, poor kids who are like listening in on conversations and servants and people like that, people who are overlooked, but they're all his spies. They're all reporting back because he's like, you know, taking care of them, paying them off, whatever. Networking is just about creating your own web of spies. And (laughs) when you go into it, the goal of you, first of all, you can't have the goal of getting a job out of it, even though that's obviously the ultimate goal, but you have to go in with the goal of like, I'm just trying to meet more people. That's it. Mm -hmm. So when your goal becomes, I'm trying to make genuine connections with more people, it's easier than for you to feel success. So you're like, cool, I made like a new friend and this person like gave me a lot of advice and I feel really good about it. So the easiest ways to do that, first of all, never say, never say the word job. Never say you're looking for a job because the second people think you're looking for a job, their walls go up because most people don't, are not going to know right away, like off the top of their heads. Oh yeah, so-and-so is hiring. And even if they do, they don't know you well enough. The goal Mm -hmm. is that you're getting in with people and essentially like having an interview with them before they even know of anyone who's hiring, but they just know that like you're professional, you ask the right questions, you're inquisitive, you're a hard worker, like you want to show them your personality first. So the phrase I tell everybody to use is I'm looking to transition into yada yada, like into blank. So like, for example, like you're saying, like if you're making a career switch, so, you know, I was like, you know, when I was looking to move into nonprofit work, I said, you know, oh yeah, I'm looking to transition into nonprofit work, like from, from journalism where I am. If you're like looking for a lateral move, like the same kind of industry, whatever, you just can say something like, I'm looking to transition into a larger company, or I'm looking to transition into this kind of a role. But basically it's a sneaky way to say like, I'm out in these streets yeah. without, mm-hmm. <laughs> without being like, do you know of a job and can you give it to me? <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 That makes like, sense. Just, How do you and, find people though? Yeah. Like, would, like, yeah, exactly. So the first thing I do is I say like, go through everybody, you know, in your industry, or like if you're doing a move from to another city, write a list of every single person, you know, there. like just, it's that simple. And then reestablish contact with them go to lunch with them or get them on the phone, whatever you can do. And you always want to ask for advice and more contacts. So those are the, those are the key things. Those are the, really the only questions that matter, but you know, have questions about like, where have you been and how did you get there? And tell me about your company, your background, whatever, but always ask like, who else should I talk to? So mm. the, con- the contacts you already have are probably going to know people and then they can put you in touch. And those are like, I mean, and you want to stick to people who like, you like them and they like you. So it's like, if you didn't right. have a great yeah. relationship with the past boss, like just forget about it. Don't put your, put pressure on yourself to find people who are like strangers to bring into your network. I literally create a spreadsheet and I have like a free version of this on my website that people can go grab. It's, I call it my networking tracker. It's, 
We're going to link this in the show notes, folks. (laughs) Um, I made a list of like, you can make a list of companies or nonprofits or firms or whatever it is you're doing. So you make your list of places and then you go in and you find contacts at these places where you want to work. And the goal is that you don't want to go entry level because you want someone who has a little bit of weight, but you don't want to go so senior that like your email is not going to get answered. You want to aim for middle management, ideally, and you want to find someone that you have something in common with. So this can be, and I I like to emphasize something personal. So if you can find somebody who has the same alma mater or they have a hobby that's similar to you, and like if this is assuming they have a bio on the website, if they don't do a little bit of stalking, like as long as it's not creepy level, not like, I noticed your children go to the same school as mine. Like, <laughs> Let's not, let's not do that unless in the parental directory, okay? Like, let's not, let's not get to that level, okay? Yeah. But, like, keep it casual. And then if you really can't find anything, you can just say, like, I noticed you follow a similar career trajectory. But basically, you find their contact info. If it's not on the website, find any email so you can just see what the configuration is. And the best pr- places to look at that press the pages for the press because press releases often have like an individual contact or if not that events because event coordinators it's usually you want to contact a specific person for the events if you really can't find anything after those two just guess most companies it's first initial last name or just first name or just last name or whatever just keep guessing and use the bounce backs to figure out if you like got it right or whatever and keep in mind nicknames so if somebody is elizabeth try liz try beth try both of those Mm-hmm. And you just send them an email where you're basically like, I came across your name while I was looking at such and such. I noticed that we both have this one thing in common. I was wondering if you'd be interested in meeting me, for, if, if I could take you to coffee, or if not, could I get you on the phone for 10 minutes to ask you some question? And I've attached my resume. <laughs> like you want to attach your resume <laughs> and be like, I've attached my resume so you have a better idea of my background. So, you know, just be mm-hmm. super nice about it send it out. And then I would make a note of when I emailed it out and I would follow up two weeks later because most of the time, if somebody doesn't respond right away, it's just because they're busy. It's not like some shady, Mm -hmm. embarrassing reason. Like, oh, they just think I'm a fucking weirdo. That's never it. Most of the time they were like meant to respond and then they didn't. Yeah. Oh my God, folks. Look at how practical this is. Mm -hmm. This witchy bitch right here is so practical. And then also like when it comes to events, just go to stuff that's interest-based. Go to stuff that like you genuinely like already. Um, from like, so for example, there's a group in DC that's like a, like black women hikers. It's like, that's fantastic. Like you're basically going to go into a setting where people are already in a social situation. So it's totally normal for you to just like have conversations and get to know people. Volunteering is also a great thing because it, it's not just like, first of all, not just a good cause. Second of all, it's like you get like, people are going to be like, oh, wow, this person's spending their free time here. That's like, that's cool. Like we both have this in common. So again, the goal is just getting more people in your network. And for every person you're meeting, you're just always asking for advice. And who else should I talk to? Who else should I talk to? Because if you can Mm -hmm. start out with like three contacts that you either know, or you just met, and each of them gives you three people to talk to, you just went from like three to 12, like you have have 12 contacts. So it's increasing exponentially. Also, I just want to, underline something because uh I don't know if I've mentioned some of the podcast before but I've worked in sales or sales leadership for the past like 12 years and uh when Jesse said follow up two weeks later because they probably meant to that is so 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 true and important 
research shows it takes people seven to 12 interactions before they like convert on any given thing. And so you, people are not annoyed when you follow up. Like it's a like, super normal, reasonable yeah. thing. So yeah. you're not, you're not inconveniencing anybody. You're not taking up more space than you should. Like it's a totally reasonable thing. They literally thing. just forgot. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, yeah. and if yeah. you're offering to take someone a coffee or lunch, like yeah. they have, it's like, you want to make it as easy for them to say yes, because I genuinely believe people really want to help each other, especially when it requires zero to no effort. And letting you buy them coffee is as close to no effort as they can get. They like walk away. They're like, oh my God, look at me. I'm like doing, I'm like paying it forward. Yes. Like, (laughs) yes. And it's like all, all you, all they did was talk to you and you bought them. About themselves. Like also we all like to talk about ourselves. Yeah. But I have to say, I prefer for me because maybe I'm an introvert. I'm like, oh my god, coffee sounds like a lot. I'll talk to you on the phone. That's for me because people have asked. No, me no, no. Before, you have like, to go in person. I mean, I'm, you don't have to. I'm just saying. No, no, no. No, when people ask oh, me, yeah. when people ask me for my oh. time, I'm like, coffee sounds like a lot for me. <laughs> I'll just be like straight up. But I'm happy to get yeah, on the phone with yeah. you or do. A video. Yeah, that's and that's yeah. not a bad thing either. If they're down for a yeah. phone chat, that's you know, it's still just as useful. Yeah. Just you know, have your questions yeah. ahead of time, and smile when you talk because it makes you sound happier. Yeah. Yeah. Hard to be monotone at this All right. I thought that was very practical, very helpful. Yeah, like I, I said, so. half actionable steps and half uh half some half woo. The fact that this yeah. podcast talked about spreadsheets, systemic racism, <laughs> and being a witch, like I could die happy. <laughs> yes. <guys. laughs> I know. I'm like, I feel like we're doing a great job here. This is what we what, this, this is, is what we came to do. <laughs> yeah, I did like yeah. not expect to have this conversation. I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on there and like subtly work in some sales stuff. And then I was like, actually, I'm going to have this great conversation about everything. <laughs> oh, no, yeah. we want to talk about yeah. it all. Because <laughs> I think Kylie and I feel the same way, you know, half, half what she's exactly, half, yeah. yeah. Oh, I've listened. I listen to your podcast. So I'm like, every time I'm oh. like, oh, I love this because it's like so accessible and like real life takeaway stuff. Like, I love that. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Go rate and review, yeah. guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and subscribe. All right. So we're going to come to the end. For now. Because I have to go eat dinner. Yeah, for now. You can come back and be a guest. Um, yes. I'm already you saying yes. That. Already. I'm already. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, and Jesse, wait, can I say that, that you're going to have your own podcast yeah, coming out? Yeah, you can say it. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, we're going to go into the plug zone later so okay. you can plug all, all right. your things. But how about let's... Uh, and with the question that we usually ask, which is, um, what's one thing that's bringing you joy right now? Well, I feel like I have a lot of things that bring me joy because I like mm. to live in that space. <laughs> hmm. Let's see. I'm like all about any kind of books that have witches in them. Like I started reading fiction again. <laughs> uh, my friend who I mentioned earlier, my best friend from childhood, she recommended a book to me that I just finished, which was really good called White is for Witching. It's a great read. <laughs> I like burned through it in like two days. Um, crosswords always i'm always doing a crossword um i'm really loving jen sincero's book you are a badass at making money fantastic for anyone who has money blocks you gotta do it honestly it's so good i got it from the library and i'm probably gonna buy it because it's like just i can just see myself coming back to it multiple times i listen to it uh as an audiobook and really she's if, if you're an audiobook person her she reads it and she's very funny yeah, the activities are so eye-opening and they honestly do make you feel like a badass, which I was like, you know, I was like, okay, that's just cute marketing. No, it's not. You will feel like a badass. 
<laughs> and um, I really like the TV show Friday Night Dinner. Have you heard of this? It's a BBC Mm-mm. show, and I die laughing every time. It's literally just about a family of four and their Friday night Shabbat dinners. And it's just like two brothers who are assholes <laughs> to each other and just awkward British comedy. So oh, I love British comedy so much. So I'm yeah, you down. will love it. It's on Hulu. And it's so funny. I'm obsessed with it. It's just, it's a great like 20 minute quick jokes. Like it's very fast paced. So it's hard to like, it's over after it's begun basically. So that's awesome. Good. Cause I can't, sometimes these like long shows, I get so into them and then I can't stop. So I need, I I need the bites. Yeah. Yeah. So I, that, that show makes me laugh really hard. Like I laugh out loud (laughs) by myself, which is kind of All right, Kylie, what about you? What's one thing that's making you enjoy right now? Hmm. Well, can I say two things? Okay. Of course. So uh, we are recording this in early March, and it feels like spring outside. I mean, (laughs) like Saturday was terribly, horribly cold, but today, like, sun shining, and there are birds out, and I, like, took my daughter for a walk this morning, and... Every time the spring starts to come around, it's like I like find myself again. I'm like, oh, this is who I am when I'm not cold and miserable. I'm such mm-hmm. like I just feel lighter and brighter, and I just I'm just loving it. Um, do you want Do you want my shandy recipe? Can I give it to you? You know, I don't really drink, sadly. Oh, so, okay. <laughs> uh, uh, but you can give it because there are people who are listening who might enjoy your shandy recipe. Okay, I'll tell you guys. It's um, half of like a Hefeweizen beer, so like Shock Top or Blue Moon or something, and then half cranberry lemonade, and then Ooh. a big fat orange slice. Squeeze that in. It's so good, guys. So good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that sounds, sounds really uh, delight- yeah. delightful. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yes, spring and just the way it always feels like, oh, I can do anything. It's great now. Um, mm. And then... The other thing is there's this kind of cheesy show on Amazon Prime called Expanse. Have you guys watched this? No, what is it? Mm-mm. It's a sci-fi show, which isn't normally my jam. I'm um, all about sci-fi, so I want to yeah, hear it. Yeah, um, it's basically uh, people are in space and there's wars and they're fighting and like flying around in space, right? <laughs> it's a sci-fi show. Um, and I started watching it one night and I was like... I don't know if I like this or not. And then my husband, (laughs) my husband, after like five episodes in, my husband was like, are you still watching that show that you're not sure if you like or not? (laughs) He was like, you keep watching it. I I think you like it now. Um, And it's just really fun. And like, I don't know that it's good, but it's not bad. And uh, I feel like- I can't say that you're selling it though. I'm not not sure. (laughs) I don't think I'm going to watch it, but okay. I'm happy for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with Jesse on this one. I'm not really sure. <laughs> I think this is the thing. I don't think it's the show that's bringing me joy. I think it's that I think the show is a neutral. But I think I spend so much time in my life either working or parenting or worrying about work or parenting or like somehow feeling like, oh, I'm gonna read a book. I'm gonna read a personal development book. Like I very, very, very rarely do something that's like this is just stupid. And this show yeah. is like, there is nothing about watching this show that is making me a better person. 
and that yeah. is that's good you need something yeah that's <laughs> yeah. good yeah. that's so necessary that is part of the self-care yes, I think yeah, absolutely yeah. yes yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. that was why uh, I started reading it. some fiction again the same thing I was like I just need something that's just pure entertainment yeah yeah absolutely. that's just fun absolutely so for sure that was well, what about you, you Eva, Eva. All right. So my joyful thing this week is grass. That's Wait, it. like just, just weed or like little grass. grass? You do live in the desert. <laughs> no, no, not that's I live in the desert. Yes, but no, not weed. Oh, okay. The, no, yeah. Uh, just like green grass. Okay. And it, Phoenix, you're going to hear me bitch about the weather in the summertime because it is like literal hell. But for the other eight months of the year, it's freaking gorgeous. And I've had the chance to just have my feet in grass a lot recently and lie in grass and I just felt very clearly transported into my childhood one afternoon where I was like whoa I I'm just like laying here doing nothing and I haven't done that in a while and I was like this is such a surreal feeling because like again similar to what you guys what Kylie you were saying always doing shit and I was like oh my god smelling grass doing nothing is just like the best thing right now and just like digging my toes into grass it's so like wet and crunchy i love, I love it so just shout, yeah. shout out to grass not weed <laughs> we'll like respect that as well. <laughs> yes though i do yeah i love weed <laughs> don't smoke that much anymore these days because i get paranoid but this kind of grass i'm talking about is the kind that uh dogs <laughs> back to poop with you i, I knew was i was going like yeah, yeah, back to poop. <laughs> reference number two <laughs> yeah it's a lot there's a lot of those oh, for me i love it i love it next time i'm back i'm gonna tell you guys about the time i shit my pants on the metro because <laughs> yeah. because now i know this is that kind of crowd <laughs> okay well i'm putting i'm putting that in my nose shit <laughs> and then uh, now you definitely have to come yeah. back with that teaser okay. what do you what do you what do we yeah. what do you got to promote where can people find you uh I'm most um, active on Instagram and my Facebook is open. So go ahead and follow me or friend me. Like I'm very public there and I do card polls and stuff. So I'm always happy to have new friends. Um, by- so wait, what's your Instagram oh, it's handle? J underscore De Silva. And that's D-A as in, awesome. do- as in no, not as in dog. That's D. <laughs> D-A <laughs> is an apple. So yeah, J underscore De Silva. And by this point, my friend and I, our podcast should be rolling out. Um, and we are basically exploring, this is the same friend. Now I've mentioned her a third time, my witch friend. Mm. So she's like a very advanced witch and I'm a baby witch. So we're going over different forms of witchcraft and bringing on guests and having them talk about it, both from like an entry level and an advanced standpoint. So yeah, we're really excited about it. We've been talking about it for weeks and she's like the witchiest Scorpio and with like so much Sagittarius energy. So she's just Fire. you guys are gonna love her oh my gosh this is yes i cannot wait this is the podcast now that i've created my podcast this is the other podcast that i like have been that's been uh absent in my life so i'm so glad <laughs> yeah we are really excited because i feel like there are so many different modalities within witchcraft that i have no idea about and she knows all the things and she's we're gonna bring on guests and we're our goal is to make it as diverse as possible. So we're really, yes, really pumped that's about awesome. it. Yay. Yes, I love that. I think that's going to make it, it's so important, but also it'll be just so much more interesting. Yeah, it's going to be yeah. really Yay. fun. Yeah, yeah, we're so excited about it. Woohoo. Okay, well, we can't awesome. wait. Awesome. All right. Um, All right. Well, Eva, do you have anything you want to uh-huh. share, promote? Promote? Oh, right. So, right. So this isn't March. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, you can always find me on my Instagram at bad bitch living. My website is evilia.com. And um, as per usual, you can find out about my four week one-on-one meditation and coaching program. And I uh, might be opening up a mindset coaching program soon, but I have actually no idea when this is coming out. So we will see TBD. (laughs) Awesome. Uh, And then I am at Akasha Grace on Instagram and um, my website's akashagrace.org. And you can book a reading with me there. Her stuff's um, good. Her stuff's good. I've, I I always tune into your readings for the collective. They're always really good. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, subscribe to my newsletter and you can also get those. Um, that's honestly one of my very favorite things to do is those monthly monthly uh, readings. So thanks. Awesome. And lastly, you can find the podcast at hellouniversepod.com and same Instagram handle. And please, if you like the podcast, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. It really helps to support the podcast. Yeah, we really, and we're so grateful. People have left just some pretty, pretty awesome, beautiful reviews. So we really appreciate all your love and support. Yes. All right, folks, that's all she wrote. (laughs) Have a great night. Bye. Thanks.